0: some physical therapy and pivot point equine and I am joined today with Ty Hillman and um, I am going to let Ty introduce himself and tell everybody a little bit about him and what he does and and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Cool. Well thank you for having me today. I, this is something that I really really enjoy doing and so I'm a mental skills coach so what that means is um, I help people who want to prepare themselves mm-hmm. to be in high pressure situations and, and have trained their mind to be ready and to be prepared so that essentially they're less likely to choke. I mean, it, that's the simplest way to put it. The interesting thing is really, it's more about how to handle stress. Because um, in the end, we're, we're, we're under stress when we're in these situations, when we're nervous and have anxiety. And so while people want help to be more prepared in the arena, Um, it really is just a a good framework for how to handle stress in everyday life. And what's interesting is the way that we practice is more, more times than not, we're practicing in just normal life scenarios, not in the arena, but essentially that's what I do. Um, I've been fascinated with this forever. I used to team rope, um, and wanted to make a living team roping. I grew up in Northeast Colorado, came to Texas, um, went to school down here and it's just that's what I wanted to do and and I love doing it but when I was about 16 I realized that there was a big time disconnect between the way that I practiced and the way that I performed when I put money up and I'm like what is going on here because I knew I didn't just magically lose my skill or something and so that's what started the idea of this Um, and I read my first sports psychology book um, the inner game of tennis when I was 16 and Since then, I've been fascinated with it. Um, I've used it for me. I have a heart, I love helping people. So then I started sharing with other people and I married Stevie, Um, Go several years. She starts competing professionally. Um, The opportunity presents itself to start coaching full-time and so here we are.
0: Great, yeah, it is, um, I think, oh, what is the saying? The game is ninety percent mental and and ten percent physical, and so I think you've really touched on a on a great need out there. Um, I think other sports probably recognized that maybe earlier than rodeo um maybe not or the people that were really good at the mental game in rodeo um they did it without even really knowing that they were yep. doing it um So I think it's great that you have the background that you have and then the skills to be able to help people manage that stress. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, as you alluded to the, the mental part of it is extremely important, but I always have to preface everything that there is no substitute for the practice of the physical skills. So, you know, we're there, like we can prepare our minds to um, by the way that we think to help put ourselves in in the right state of mind before we perform, or how to be resilient, or to be confident, or to, to practice the ability to focus, or what whatever those are extremely important. But in the end, we've got to do the physical um, practicing first. There's no substitute. But where it really becomes apparent that the mental game um, or the mental aspect of performance is is important is when you get to a high level and whether whether that's in a high level in your group it doesn't mean professional it just means um in in your peer group whether it's middle school high school college the business world that you're in um when everybody's got a similar skill set because they've practiced and if they were to rope the dummy or be at home or whatever you know they they kind of have the same catch percentages so to speak but but where you really start to see it then is the people that have done the work um all of a sudden now you know now that there's money up or that's they've traveled across the United States for this one event and, and everybody's been you know counting on them they, they feel like so to speak that's when you really start to see it it then makes a difference you know and so um But I love, I love it because if the sooner I think that you can be aware of it at a younger age, the less likely you are to fall in some of the traps that there are like um, finding your identity and your performance. That's a, that's a really big one because, um, you know, then we're just kind of afraid to lose. And there's a lot of things that are associated with that. So there's several things that absolutely help you along the way. Um, And anyway, that's just it's just something that I love doing because I've seen the difference in my own life and then I've seen it in other people's lives. What I really like uh, being able to, what drives me to do this is thinking about someone really finding, um, achieving maybe their their utmost potential because who knows, we all have different potential, right? We know that It's easy to say that with horses, some horses have a ton of potential, some max out and they're average and that's okay. You know? And so we're all kind of in the same boat, but I love people when they feel progress and I love it when they are happy and they enjoy doing it because I burn myself out roping. And, and it was when I was at a, maybe in college, I didn't have some of the things I didn't understand some of the things that I do now, and the thing that I used to love doing, that I worked hours a day to do, the thing that I moved to Texas for, I didn't even like doing anymore. And I, I don't, I hate seeing it when people have, because it's a terrible feeling, you know. So that, that's another part of this that I really um, enjoy doing and, and working with people, because there's a lot of satisfaction in people being happy, enjoying the hard work that they're doing, and then feeling like they're making progress.
0: I agree. I totally agree. Um, one of the things that I, I think is really interesting and that I found for myself, so I started kind of reading some of the sports psychology books years ago when I, um, had a horse that I was having a hard time getting with. And, um, I was really surprised or or maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised, but I was about how much it carried over into my business. And so, uh, you touched on it a little bit earlier about, you know, whether you're, you know, in a sports or, or a business, this all can be about just managing your stress and, and keeping that energy level up, um, in a stressful situation so that you, when things get tough, not, just, um, curling up into a ball or, or, you know, giving into that fear of keeping that energy up and kind of the fake it till you make it, but really in your mind, you know, flipping that script of, I can do this. And, and, um, I think that's so important for, for all of us and, and and we're recording this during COVID-19 isolation, quarantine type of stuff. And so I think so many people right now are very worried and scared. And um, how, do, do you have any suggestions for people managing that type of stress?
1: Yeah. So, you know, anxiety is, is an excessive fear of the future. And so we all have uncertainty um, and some people handle that better than others. Some people do anything they can to avoid uncertainty and unpredictability Um, and other people seem to, to be more comfortable with it. But long story short, we, we have, we, as people need to, um, if if you know that you're the kind of person that really does not like uncertainty and you like to be able to wrap your arms around everything all the time and have predictability and know what's going to happen and feel like you have complete control over everything that, that, can be a weakness that hinders you. Um, so, this is a perfect example. What you just said, COVID nineteen, is a perfect example. There's a lot of uncertainty. Who knows when we'll be able to go back to work or not, or, or resume what we call normal life? Who knows what the economy is going to be like? You know, just nobody knows. So, so the one one thing that I um, think is really important that we all have to do is we we want to make a habit out of focusing on the things that we have control over or influence over we don't always control things but we have influence over them for example you know when we talk about riding our horses and, and our horse in the run we're not controlling our horse in the run in real time we're relying on training we have influence over them but we're not controlling them so so we always you know I, I've worked really hard um, because I used to be the kind of person that needed certainty and I liked predictability and it was really getting in my way big time. One, my wife, ironically, is the exact opposite. And so naturally that started kind of leveling me out a little bit. But rodeo, just the, 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 w- the way that rodeo is structured is just there's tons of uncertainty all the time. And that's forced me to adjust, but, but in a good way. But coming back to focusing what's, what's within my control and what's within my influence. And that's where we spend, that's where we want to spend our energy because energy is a limited resource and we only have so much time and so much energy and if we waste it by by draining or you know if we drain our tank so to speak um, by worrying or thinking excessively about what's something that we can do absolutely nothing about and it makes us feel either anxious or fearful um or angry or whatever it is it's it's ruining how we feel in the moment, which the way we feel right now determines the decisions we make right now, which determines the actions we take right now, which determines our results. So if we allow ourselves to be bound up and afraid or angry or upset over something we can do nothing about, it really is affecting our lives because it's affecting our decisions, actions, and then our results. So this is a time where I feel that it's really important to keep coming back when you have the awareness that I'm thinking about, you know, I'm watching President Trump and he said this and now I'm concerned that this may take longer than what we thought or I'm reading the news anything you see on the news is talking about how many people are affected how many people have died and you know everything and so all of that just creates fear so however there's nothing we can do about any of it so when we have the awareness that we're focusing on what we cannot control especially the things that cause fear and anxiety We are allowing it to put ourselves in a mood or in a state of mind that's gonna make some pretty conservative decisions. Um, We're we're likely to not do the things that we can and should do to help ourselves be the best selves we can be even in this challenging time. So to answer your question, I think right now, understanding this is an opportunity to learn to embrace uncertainty doesn't mean that we have to like it. It means that we have to embrace it And we can get more comfortable being uncomfortable, so to speak. That's something that we've all heard. But, but it's true, because, you know, so now I'll go back to the arena. Everybody that I ever talked to know that they're capable of doing better and they have these goals that they want to achieve. Well, to achieve these goals, it's uncomfortable. When you get there and you're in the arena, and you're at the rodeo, and the, the crowds in the stands and the families there, and they know what opportunity is there in front of you, or you've traveled across the country and put up a big, you know, um, high entry fees, and that's uncomfortable too. However, if we want to perform at our best, we need to be somewhat comfortable with that situation to where we at least don't get in our own way and we can do what we've practiced and prepared to do so if we know that for example if you're wanting to be um you know reach your higher potential then we know that you in order for that to happen you're going to be in stressful situations so we better get used to handling that because that's just it just comes with the territory you cannot you cannot be the world champion without being in the short round of cheyenne and reno in 10 days at the nfr and having your horse hit a barrel to win the average or you know whatever, there's no way around it. So we might as well get ready and get prepared for it. COVID-19 is just one opportunity for us to be in the middle of uncertainty, not know what's going on, be uncomfortable and say, you know what, I don't know what's going on, I don't like this, but I'm gonna to choose to embrace it. And I'm gonna use this as an opportunity to get a little bit more comfortable with how this feels. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that I think that's great advice. I think um, you know, yeah, you can only control what you what you're doing and your your mind, and and um, it it is just wasted energy to to try to manipulate things that are beyond your control. So I think that is great advice. Yeah.
1: When we focus on things outside of our control, it also um, creates a, a feeling of helplessness. And then if we don't feel like we we have any influence over what's going on, it's easier to kind of take a back seat and just be like, well, no matter what I do, nothing I can do can change this thing. And it's almost like we give ourselves permission to be lazy or, or to not do what we know that we should do. And just, again, it, it comes back to how it makes us feel. And the way that we feel is just, you know... It's so important that we become good managers and learn how to try to um, put ourselves in the states of mind that we want to be in, versus getting jerked around by outside circumstances, so to speak. So when we focus on things outside of our control, though, it just it makes us feel helpless. And when we feel helpless, we don't try as hard.
0: Um, so, we, so we're we're a physical therapy clinic. I'm a physical therapist. I deal with people all the time have had devastating injuries um athletes dislocating joints tearing up pretty much every ligament in their knee um rodeo athletes you know Mm. high school star you know whatever college athletes what um you know there's a real mental side of that do you have some words of wisdom or um you know if, if somebody comes to you with, you know, this, hey, Ty, I just blew my knee out in uh, the, you know, semifinals of the WCRA, how do you get past that mental, is this knee going to hold me up again, you know, and, and um, I think that's probably our, our biggest challenge, you know, as physical therapists, we can help them through a lot of that immediate, you know, okay, this is what's going to happen now, but there is that big fear when they go back to competing, you know, is this, is this going to hold up for me?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and understandably so. I mean, if you're working with them, they've gone through something probably pretty painful, I would assume. And it's completely adjusted what they were doing before and maybe the the uncertainty of their business or, or hobby or, you know, whatever it is that they were doing. um, Is it, is it is it, am I done? Or, I mean, can I continue to do this? So, okay, more uncertainty, right? I mean, we're faced with the uncertainty once again. But, so I think it's a really good time to make sure that they're extremely clear why do they want to do whatever it is that they're rehabbing for. Um, Now, if it's just so that you can walk normal again or have normal daily functions again, that's, that's pretty obvious. But if you're wanting to go back and train again for an event, maybe it's the event that you got hurt in. You're going to have to, Now is the time to ask yourself and get super clear, why do I do this? Is it important, is doing this thing important enough for me to take a chance of getting hurt like this again? Because it's fresh on our mind now and the pain and, and the, um, the challenge and the time spent doing it, it's fresh on our mind. So, So I think that it's going to be important for someone to say, do I still want to continue to play basketball, rope, calves, whatever it is? because I've always known that something like this is capable of happening, but now that I've just lived through it, it might take on a whole new meaning. And I think if someone decides no, it doesn't make them a quitter. It just means, hey, the price that I just paid is not worth what I thought I wanted to accomplish. So so to me, that's gotta get really clear. So until somebody does that, there's gonna be this lingering doubt of, do I want to? Do I not want to? I want to do it, but I don't want to get hurt at the same time. And it's going to be hard to be kind of all in because I would assume, thankfully, I haven't had to go through something like that. But I, I do know people that have. And you get to a certain point where it's time it's time to cowboy up and either do it or don't and because the the kind of lukewarm approach isn't going to get you very far. You're not going to rehab very good, and you're certainly not going to perform very well either so get super clear decide if it's worth the price let's just say they do decide that it is worth the price okay yes this is what i want to do however i'm still afraid perfectly normal our brain is designed to keep us safe not make us happy or accomplish goals so our brain is going to be trying to get us not to do something that it perceives as a threat that's naturally how we're wired you just got hurt obviously this thing that you're doing now is a threat So there's going to be some um, challenge in overriding that as well. So we, we just have to know that going in just because we decide, yes, this is something I want to do and it's important. doesn't mean the fear is going to go away. So we just know that that, that voice is still going to be there. We've got to override it. So what's interesting is a person in that situation is really in a very similar situation as someone who doesn't want to choke in the short round. And that's why we're working together or, you know, think of, think of first responders and the situations that they find themselves in, you know, they feel the same. I mean, this is, this is far more than athletics or sports. This is just life and stress and there's real, real consequences for those, for those people. So now it comes back to how are we going to handle this stress? We've got to override what our brain is naturally telling us to do, which is to get out of here, you know, fight or flight, essentially, get out of here. Um, and so we've got to work we've got to train the mental skills of for example learning to direct our focus instead of allowing our focus to run wild like a drunk monkey like it normally does and focus on what all could go wrong again or what happened in the past we have to think about what's within my control what do i need to do now what do i need to put my trust in um and you know, how do I need to manage my state? So it's all those same mental skills then that they need to practice to overcome this. But, you know, to answer your question, what I would say to them is make sure it's worth the price you're going to pay. And as long as you're on board with that, know that just because you decide it doesn't mean the fear is going to go away. And then after that, um, you need to work on the mental skills along with the rehab. I mean, that, that has to find the Rehab with the people that you trust so that they can say you're going too hard, you're not going hard enough, whatever it is, and that you can put your trust in them. And then along the way, know that time is going to help with that as well. But working on those mental skills to direct your focus, because essentially you're coming down, it's, it, it's coming down to fear. Well, that fear of hurting yourself is the same as the fear of letting other people down when you're in the arena, the fear of looking stupid, the fear of being judged. It's all fear so we we handle fear relatively similarly we just we just kind of have to identify that that's what it is does that make sense
0: yeah that makes perfect sense and i think one of the things that kept coming up in my mind was um you know the preparedness like you can you can you're not going to eliminate that fear of returning on on that injured limb or even if your horse is injured you know and 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 i know that this has happened to me is my horse has been hurt and I'm bringing them back from injury. And then I'm fearful. It, am I going to hurt them by bringing them back? You know, if you are doing your part, it's rehabbing your knee or your shoulder that you hurt, or you're rehabbing. you've done the work with your injured horse to rehab them fully. If you know, it's kind of like trusting your training, you have yes. to do that work. And then, Yes, there is a leap of faith to get back to it and, and just going to have to be doing it. But make sure you do that homework ahead of time and, and that preparedness, which should help ease some of that anxiety, but it won't eliminate it.
1: You're absolutely right. So what's interesting is ab- preparation is, is a wonderful component of confidence. But the but the thing we have to remember is if you choose to focus on it, because see, we again, our focus is all over the place. So wh- that's why one of the skills is learning to direct focus and then return to that focus once you become distracted. And so, because you could be fully prepared, you've done everything you needed to do, you did everything you need to do for your horse or for you or you know whatever it is that we're talking about. However, if you choose to only think about the past and how bad it hurt and what got screwed up and then worry about it happening again, even though you're prepared, you're not focusing on it. Therefore you don't feel it. Therefore you still have the fear. So I agree wholeheartedly. The preparation is extremely important. There's no substitute for it. However, we have to have the mental skill of being able to focus on it. Even when we don't feel like it, even when we're distracted, even when um, we were just, we're uncertain we need to be able to say nope this is what I've decided this is what I've done and even when my mind tries to get distracted and go here and here and here I'm going to have the awareness to bring it back and then this is what I'm going to choose to focus on because we feel what we focus on so if we don't focus on our preparation when we're going through this process it really doesn't matter if we're that prepared or not because our mind doesn't think that we are and therefore we'll respond accordingly so it's That's really, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because preparation is a huge part of it. But if we don't allow ourselves to know or think that we're prepared, then essentially we're not.
0: What's the name of your business?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Prepare to win. Exactly. That's, it's funny. I knew that then, but as I've been doing this, it just keeps coming back and it's like, that was the perfect name. (laughs) more so now than than even then so
0: yeah great well um i is there anything else that you can think of that you know you really just a common theme that you see with people that you hear talking about that if you had you know one bit of advice other than what we've already said that you really wish people would do this what would you say
1: so yeah there the very first thing that comes to my mind that's, that is almost across the board, something that we really have to work on. Um, and, and myself included, cause nobody really, um, nobody really is born without this. So we all have to deal with it at some point, but our upbringing and choices we've made throughout our lives may make it easier or more challenging for people, but
0: that's not being
1: afraid of what other people think. And that, Brene Brown is an author and a speaker and she talks a lot about um, vulnerability. And when we think of vulnerability, normally it doesn't conjure up the the kinds of thoughts that, um, that it's something that we wanna do. Sounds either dangerous or sappy or girly or something like that. What it is though is we've gotta be willing to put ourselves out there and it kinda goes along with the uncertainty once again, but we've gotta be willing to put ourselves out there And to get the experience that we need to improve. See, it's so interesting when you talk with people, they, they feel like they're generally better. The more experience they get with something, the more skilled they become or the the more confident they feel in themselves. And it's because they've been in experiences, they've gotten feedback, they made adjustments and then they went back to it again. But, but we don't, like putting ourselves in the situation I say we just we as people don't like putting ourselves in a situation normally, or we can look stupid or make a mistake or to get criticized or judged. And then because we don't want to do that, we then make the decisions not to enter the event to do the thing. And then we're robbing ourselves the opportunity to get the feedback that we so desperately need to learn, to, to have, so that we can learn what we need to do so that we can actually improve. You can only learn so much by reading about it or watching it. You got to do it and you got to do it then um, under pressure, so to speak, or, or whatever it is that, that you know, that, that you're doing whatever that pressure is for you, whether it's putting entry fees up or it's saving somebody's life, but there's no substitute for the real life experience. Nobody wants to look like a fool, but we've got to be willing to put ourselves out there to get that experience. And so there's a quote called the man in the arena by Teddy Roosevelt. And I love that quote and I've loved it forever. It says, um, I don't remember the whole thing, but it starts off with, it's not the critic who counts. It's not how the strong man stumbles or whether doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives or valiantly or, you know, whatever. And and basically he just goes on to say, it's not the critic. The the critic does not matter. The work that we are the world is full of critics all the time in social media. I love social media, but it is enhanced critics. And so um, we once again, some other people's opinions we can do nothing about that falls into that category we referred to earlier that we cannot control. So we wanna get to the point where we're not concerned about what people think. Now, when I say that, we have a handful of people, our family, our loved ones, the people that we give permission to be in our inner circle we care what they think because they help us, they help us see blind spots, they help mold us they help they help us, so it's not that we don't care what anybody in the world thinks we just don't care what most critics think unless you fall in those people that handful of people that I give permission to i i don't i i s you know I come from a line of people pleasing and I want everybody to be happy and to love me, but this is one of the areas where I've you know really gone through this and I've had to learn that you may not agree with what I do or say or believe and that's okay and I'm okay with that but I used to not be and so that's an example of, of that but um, so we've got to be willing to put ourselves out there so that we can learn what we need to learn because if we don't do that we never get over the fear of just trying not to lose. We never try to win anything. We never try to just see how good I can be in this moment. All we're doing is I just don't wanna screw up. And there's a huge difference between how we perform when our mindset is, oh God, just don't look stupid or just catch versus "I I feel good, I'm prepared. I've been working for this opportunity, I can't wait. Either way, it's going to be, I'm going to learn something from this. Let's just see how, let's see how good I can be. There's a huge difference between those. And if you don't ever allow yourself to be out there, you don't ever get to that opportunity to feel that way. So that, that is a common theme I see among almost everybody. What do you think about that?
0: I agree. I, I, um, I have a tendency to be more of a doer and then think afterwards. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, doing this, like uh, we talked before we started recording, this is, you're my second interview on this, and um, I had been thinking about it for a while, Um, but if I was paralyzed by fear of having somebody, yeah, yeah, I'll probably get some criticism over this, Or, um, but it is something I wanted to do, so I think, you know, I mean, Nike coined it the best, you know, just do it, and then, yeah, like you said, you'll get the feedback. I think that's great advice of, you know, get out of your own way and, um, try it. And then you'll get that, that learning experience that you need to then move on and, and do it better. And, um, so if, uh, somebody wants to talk to you more about this, stuff, uh, how can they reach out to you, Ty and, um, and get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, well, thank you. So, uh, my business is called Prepare to Win. Uh, it's Prepare to Win TV. TV. dot com was already taken, and so, several others. So I did TV because at the time I was thinking of doing a lot more videos, and just life changed, and as and so I it didn't end up following that path. But so the website is Prepare to Win TV. But I I primarily keep up more with my Facebook page. I say that I haven't been lately, but prepare to TV is my Facebook page and, and I'm just I do one-on-one coaching with people it's all over the phone but time is so valuable and it's getting even harder to try to just schedule one-on-one times but um, that that Facebook page is the best way to go and then to message me and to communicate with me and to just see things that I've written things videos that I've done they're all older but just to kind of get a sense that's the best way to connect with me okay.
0: Great. Well, hopefully people will check it out and reach out to you. And I really appreciate you doing this and taking time to do this. I, I love studying, studying the mental game. So um, yeah, it's, it's fun to talk about this stuff.
1: Yeah, Well, you're welcome. And, and again, I think it's awesome that you're just doing this and that you have the courage to do it. Because like you said, you're not waiting until you become an expert in podcasting or doing whatever it is that you're doing. You've got an idea you're going to just do it. You're going to get feedback from it so that you can get better. And if there's critics out there, which there may or may not be, but we can just always plan on it, that it just comes with the territory. If you're doing anything, somebody's going to criticize you. It's, it just comes with the territory. There's no way to get around it. And I just love it. So I admire that you do this and that's why I'm happy to, to do this and to visit with you.
0: Great. Well, I appreciate it. And okay. so we'll need to get back on the road and, uh, Tell your wife, hello, never met her in person, but maybe someday we will, so. Yeah, definitely, okay, well thank you, Becky. All right, take care.